if you're going to live in the unsold universe and you really are going to be somebody who is looking ahead and who is open to change, your notion of yourself also can no longer be predicated on anything from the past. Identity politics, poof, none of it's going to matter. And if you want to cling to the old stories, you're going to get left behind. episode 44 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm your co-host and producer, Whitney McKnight in Missoula, Montana, and I'm joined from New York by my colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace, with news and astrological commentary for the week of July 17th, 2023. We're going to get to the news in a moment, but first I want to say hello, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing just ducky. Ducky? That's the... (laughs) Well, I already told you what was really going on. We could just say it's ducky. I have a headache. And knowing my astrology and knowing my horoscope as well as I do, I saw this headache coming given given particular transits in my horoscope. And so to all of you guys listening, if you know your horoscopes and you know you've got a particular Mars transit coming on, um, you can just observe and see what happens. And for me, I have a headache. But- it's okay, because it'll go away eventually, as soon as Mars gets off my moon. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, you're in pain. That's I'm not no in fun. pain, it's just annoying. Well, I'm thrilled that we're talking together. There's so much amazing things going on in the news, and that, that it's just incredible that we have so many cool things to talk about. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Okay, so let's get to it. So, Elizabeth okay. and I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. And we bring you news from the ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us. It moves through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what any of us could possibly ever imagine. And our goal is for you to gain a level of confidence that regardless of what the media is saying, there's actually deeper rhythms and patterns afoot and you can anticipate them. Even if you can't control them, you can anticipate them. And the more you lean on your own powers of observation to rise above the chaos, you can find hope and calm. If you'd like to learn more about our mission, you can go to ensouled.substack.com. That's E-N-S-O-U-L-E-D. Okay, so before we get to the news, we have a few corrections to make. Episode 43 was not my best editing job, so I'm sorry about that. But I also just like said stuff that wasn't true. So we're going to have to fix that. I oh fixed- my God, she made things up. I did. No, I didn't make it you up. I just things up. You had it wrong. Okay. <laughs> it just was wrong. <laughs> um, so anyway, I did fix the editing goop that was taken care of but anyway you deserve better listeners and i do apologize so let's get to the errata first of all i want to thank diane who wrote and kindly and i do mean kindly she was very nice about it set me straight on the author of a course in miracles and honestly i was going on about marion williamson and when i listened to what i was talking about i said like, that has nothing to do with anything why is this even in the show <laughs> I am so sorry, people. If you were like, what is she rambling about? Well, I don't know. And it wasn't even right. So anyhow, a woman whose name 
I think is pronounced Shookman. Helen Shookman is the person who channeled A Course in Miracles and Marian Williamson wrote about it. I do still stand by what I said, even though it was erroneous, but, but <laughs> I never got into it because it just was so didactic. And I just thought, I can't, I can't, it's just too much going on here. So the second yeah. correction, um, even though we're going to tell you how the man himself pronounces his name, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I'm going to stick with my version of it because it's actually more accurate when it comes to describing him. So I prefer Tommy Tuberville, but he apparently pronounces his name Tommy Tuberville. I know he's a <laughs> titan of football. Great. But he's still a man from the town of tubes. Okay. So, and then, then finally, you know what? I actually, this isn't a correction so much. It's just like, in case anybody was wondering, because we took a week off after um, episode 41. And one of the things that we talked about was justice. And I made, um, I went on, I waxed poetic <laughs> about, mm -hmm. about justice being delivered more and more and that cosmic justice would be um, in evidence increasingly, and we would just start to see things shifting. And that was in the context of the Supreme Court here in the United States, having rejected basically that states could overturn federal election results, which is bananas. And so it was a good decision. And it was actually shocking because the court is so packed with rather conservative individuals. But then we went to, um, we dropped the podcast and then we took some time off and pretty much right as that happened. And we couldn't come back on to say, oops, what, what's going on here? The Supreme court struck down affirmative action. So you as a listener might've been thinking, well, they said justice was coming and Whitney went on about, you know, Jupiter is going to be bringing cosmic this, that, and the other. And guess what? I still think so. <laughs> I really do. I don't think that this was a, a mistake, but, and nobody actually wrote in and said, Hey, why aren't you talking about this? But I, I did think about it. And I thought, does this undermine my perspective? And no, it really doesn't. It's a mixed blessing to um, have affirmative actions struck down, of course, because there are many people who have benefited from colleges that they otherwise might have not even had a chance of getting into. But our college admissions process is so busted in this country anyway. Now it's it's ripe for innovation because it doesn't now they have to overhaul it anyway. And I was thinking about this in the context of a um, a really well-written think piece of one of my new instructors at this MBA for broken, busy people that, that I want a scholarship It's a fantastic to. program taught by professors at Columbia. Are you kidding? It's it, it awesome. Is. And, and, and NYU Stern and, NYU, yeah. and Berkeley. Oh no, I am definitely I'm very grateful. But um, one of the professors wrote this great piece where he said, okay, affirmative action actually should be struck down because it's, it's dubious and it's actually lazy. It allows colleges to be lazy because now what they can do is just say, well, we did check the boxes and everything instead of finding ways to make college as accessible to as many people as possible because education does level the playing field. And he suggested this half a trillion dollars that were set, was set aside for um, forgiving student loans. But then again, SCOTUS, Supreme Court said, nope, we're not going to do that. But that money is already earmarked. And so my professor was saying, why don't we just put that aside and say to universities, 
you can have this money if you do these three things. But, and I don't remember the actual three bullet points, but it came down to make it so that as many people as possible can get into your college and get a degree and stop farting around with these dumbass things that you're doing, being elite and building stupid ass things like lazy rivers on campus. I actually know somebody who, there was a lazy river at James Madison University in Virginia. I mean, I'm not even going to lose my mind over that, but still like what, what educational purpose does a lazy river serve? There's none. So he was saying, look, there's half a trillion dollars. Spend it on people getting educated. Period. I thought that was a great suggestion. Okay, so so, so I have I so, have I have a I have fact check. Da, 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 da. I got a fact check for you. Um, because you've been outside in the big sky, in the beautiful, gorgeous sky where I've been sitting here getting a headache, doom scrolling on Twitter and watching the news. Um, there are, I mean, it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that other than to say yes. I've been out under the big sky. Working, no, no, but I want to tell. Working, she's going. She's off. going to tell. Uh, she's going to tell. It has to do with astrology too. It's really cool. Well, I was headed okay. there with my. I know. Movie. So Venus, right? Because uh, here's the point. So yes, President Biden's debt relief plan, the one that he wanted to do, was shot down by the Supreme Court, but President Biden has moon in Taurus and he's a Scorpio and he is not going to move off of his position and he's going to just, and, and his moon is being supercharged by Pluto right now and resistance is futile. And not only that, but Venus is stationary, slowing down to a standstill as it squares his Venus at 28 degrees Scorpio and his sun at 27 degrees of Scorpio. I hope I got that right. And, and so he's feeling a bit like Santa Claus. And so the Supreme Court did whatever the heck they wanted to do. And on Friday, on a sun sextile to Uranus, which is going to level the playing field, you know, liberty and justice for all and education too, because Mercury, which refers to how we need to think, was squaring Jupiter, expansive, higher education. That was exact on Monday. So Biden has done two things. He decided that he was going to waive student debt to the tune of something like $32 billion or something. He just, he just, he just $39 billion. Let me get this thing. Um, he automatically canceled education debt for 804,000 borrowers for a total of $39 billion in debt relief. Okay, that's the first thing he did. But wait, there's more. He's got a new plan. And he's got a new plan that his new repayment plan for federal student loans will cost the government $475 billion over the next decade. Maybe that's the amount that your teacher was writing about. And he maybe he had a different plan for what we should do instead of forgiving debt. Maybe he's he maybe that's the amount where he's saying we really should just educate the people who don't have education right now and make that available. But anyway, um, so the updated income-driven repayment plan would surpass the $400. $400 billion cost of the debt forgiveness plan that the Supreme Court rejected last month. My point is that, this, as, as you said, the Supreme Court can do whatever they want, but they cannot argue with Pluto and Aquarius that's going to level the 
playing field. And Ex- not well, you, only yes, that, you took my, you took where the point I was headed for. Okay, but I, but but not only that, but also today, Wesleyan University, not Williams, not Wellesley, but Wesleyan University in I think uh, in in Connecticut. Middletown. Announced where Middletown. I had my that's where I had my senior prom was in the <laughs> Are you serious? I guess it was like their banquet hall or something, but yeah, because I went to high school in Glastonbury, Connecticut, and Middletown was just out on the road. Anyway, go ahead. Wesleyan has announced that it is no longer going to use legacy status in its admissions consideration. We don't care if your mom and dad went to Wesleyan. Hmm. That's not gonna factor into whether you get in to our college. And that's a really big deal for a so-called elite educational institution. So you are right, Whitney. You are so right. Well, and I'll put a fine point on this here, is that basically innovation is what we're going to see with Pluto and Aquarius. So, you know, even if they haven't figured out a way to educate this many people and you know, lazy rivers are not the innovation that we're looking for. Uh, the lazy river, but Pluto in Aquarius is going to bring just things we've never thought of before. It's it's going to be beyond. Let's fix this. It's just going to be a whole new paradigm. And I just keep thinking a of a whole new world. So okay. yeah, the last time that um, we had Pluto in Aquarius. Um, we also had a guillotine in France. So, I mean, I'm just thinking nobody saw that coming. Well, maybe we're going to be saying we didn't see that coming in another 18 months when Pluto is fully in Aquarius. So yep. justice, yep. justice, justice. Yep. That's okay. Yep. yep. I'm handing yep. it over to you now. Okay. Before I get into the patterns driving this week, um, the actors went on strike they joined the Writers Guild that went on strike. So now we have SAG after also on strike. And the big hot button topic, okay, they're arguing over residuals because they want to get paid when their their work is streamed on all these streaming sites. That's one thing. Residuals, getting paid. We want it's like a know, Venus retrograde story. Venus right, like what are we worth already? But AI, 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 AI. You know, th- there was a lot of discussion over the weekend about the fact, in case you did not know this, that you know you could be a background extra on a movie or a television show and you could sign a contract and end up, you know, they would pay you for the day, whatever you were gonna do. And the studios want to have the right, and they do this now anyway. There, I was reading horror stories. This this guy uh, was uh, went he he was cast in the role of like a Belgian geneticist or something in some video game, and so he shows up and he does the part, and it's in the game, and blah blah blah. And video game contracts are also are union contracts now. And then some years later, his a friend of his says, "Hey, you know, my son just killed you fifty times today." And he's like, what? <laughs> the video company, the, st- the studio that owned this video game company have taken this man's image and converted it into a new character. And suddenly, instead of being a Belgian geneticist or whatever he was hired to do, the, the particular role that he was hired to play, he was now cannon fodder or target practice in another video game. And this is, the lights just went on. I mean, the for me, it was just like the, the lights just went on reading this because I began to see how AI and how it can like appropriate our identity, our image, our sense of self. 
you, you, you know, you can be populated. So uh, again, moving along on the Twitter, well, um, I mean, what it just, it just makes you realize how important your mind is because our identities are farmed. They're repurposed. They are, you know, they're, they're a widget. We're harvested. A harvested is the is word I, that people are talking about as you have used that word a million yeah. times. And that's, you are absolutely right on point. Yes. But, yeah. but so that makes me think again, Pluto and Aquarius, if we're going to have to start conceptualizing ourselves more specifically through, it's weird. I've been thinking a lot about this actually through our mind connected more to our heart. And then that'll be the way that we actually know who we are. That's just not going to be the, the image that we have always clung to as the way that we see ourselves. The literal image, literally our image. Yeah. You're not going to be able to tell who we are by just looking. So, so Justine Bateman, who, uh, when she wasn't uh, acting on family ties with Michael J. Fox playing, playing, you know, and being uh, Jason Bateman's sister, uh, she went off and got a degree in computer science. She's still an actor and a writer and a, and a director. And she does all kinds of, of fun things. When Pluto was, it's zero degrees Aquarius in mid-May, just as the writers were getting ready to go on strike, I think. She said, look, this is how AI is going to affect you if you're an actor or just a human. Because it's going to apply to anybody who uses media, watches television, watches movies. She says, look, these AI written scripts... I'm quoting Justine Batesman on Twitter. These these things already exist, as I just explained to you, with a guy who was hired to be a Belgian geneticist or something and end up being target practice in a video game and a totally different product without any additional pay or notice. So you can take your digital image and triple and quadruple book it. I have a friend who's a voiceover actor and she told me, I got myself cloned. I've cloned myself. I've cloned my voice. So you know, if anybody wants to hire me, I can be in Guatemala and 10 people can hire me and use my voice all at the same time. I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, films can be customized for a viewer. We've been talking about this in the context of Jupiter going into Gemini next year and further fragmenting our information platforms. It's going to be more and more diversity and choice. Yeah. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Reality. Right. Based on their viewing history, you know, actors will have the option to have their images bought out. Films can be ordered up. It's going to be like going into it. Everything is going to be like going to an improv show. Is, okay. So I've lost the plot here. Who is what? actually speaking? You or Justine Bateman? I'm paraphrasing what, what Justine has written. So I'm not quoting her directly, but I'm paraphrasing. Uh -huh. I'm reading what she said. Okay. So, you know, and this idea like, when you go to stream something on Netflix or whatever, instead of streaming a movie that's already been produced, you can go to Netflix or whatever and say, I would like to see a movie. Here's what she said. I would like to see a movie about a panda and a unicorn who saved the world in a rocket ship and put Bill Murray in it, which kind of sounds like what improv actors do when you go to a, a an improv comedy show and they take suggestions from the audience and then the actors on stage have to make that happen. And it's very entertaining and wonderful when they actually have a musical about a panda and a unicorn and Bill Murray shows up live on stage okay, with no script. I, honest to God, I have no idea where this is going, Elizabeth. Where this is going is, where this is going is, when Saturn 
and Neptune are at the end of Pisces, which they will be in within the next couple of years. And then they move into Aries, which is the self. Aries is the individual. It's the self. Pisces is the end, the dissolving of boundaries. Saturn and Neptune are going to meet up in Aries, the self. So it really is choose your own adventure. And we can see how AI is going to may, unless controls are placed upon it, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, but if they if they are not able to do it, this is where our experience of reality and the sense of self is going. You're going to be able to put yourself in this movie that you want to see. Let's say you want to watch Star Wars, only you want to be a stormtrooper. And so you say, okay, I'm going to watch Star Wars, make sure that me and my friends are all in there. We want to sit in the Millennium Falcon. And AI can put that together. That is that I just, it's just occurred to me. So, and it's possible people are going to be unhappy that I'm saying this, but okay. An ensouled universe requires people who are also living their life in an unsold way to understand it. So if, if, if I'm going to tell you a piece of news from the ensouled universe, you have to be somebody who is taking an ensouled perspective. Okay. So what you just described made me realize you have to get rid of your old stories. And that's really going to be hard for some people. You've got all of these stories you can choose. We have a lot, I mean, going back to affirmative action, we've legislated and we have constructed and we have paradigmed and we have cordoned off resources all according to stories. Now, especially since Black Lives Matter and the, the murder of George Floyd, we have started to understand the actual extreme toxicity of so much structure. But stories evolved out of that. You know, we really did have identity politics evolve because democracy wasn't really available and people were not getting treated the way that they were supposed to under a democratic system. So we had all of these identity issues evolve, right? And those became stories. Those became the way you identified yourself. And we've just gone through this AI discussion here where your identity is no longer going to be what you think it is. It's not going to be the image that you thought. I mean, it's just going to have to change. This is very Pluto and Aquarius. This is very, guess what? If you're going to live in the unsold universe and you really are going to be somebody who is looking ahead and who is open to change, your notion of yourself also can no longer be predicated on anything from the past, anything. So you might've been the top of the heap as somebody like a white male you know, wealthy person, because that was the way the construct was built for you. Or you were a trans teenager who is suffering from mental health issues because you live in Florida and you're getting picked on by the governor straight up. Mm. All of these things are going to have to shift and we are not going to have to, we're not going to be able to say, well, that's who I am. Well, that's who I am. Because actually that is really limiting. So that's, I don't know, some people might be pissed off about that, but I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, you know what? So identity politics, poof, none of it's going to matter. And if you want to cling to the old stories, you're going to get left behind, I think. Now, maybe I'll get a flood of people. I'm thinking out loud here, people, but it seems pretty clear to me all of a sudden. Anyway. The story from Rumpelstiltskin to War and Peace is one of the basic tools invented by the human mind for the purpose of understanding, 
There have been great societies that did not use the wheel, but there have been no societies that did not tell stories. Ursula K. I'm going to mangle her last name. because Yes. Thank you. Ursula K. Ligon. Yep. Yeah. And she's also the person who said, um, you know, kings had divine rights until they didn't. And nobody saw that coming. So she's the one who I'm actually kind of always referencing when I say, you know, people didn't think that the guillotine was going to come. They didn't even conceive of something like chopping people's heads off, king's heads off. And then suddenly they were chopping people's heads off. <laughs> yeah. But my my point in wanting to talk about Justine Bateman's brilliant, wonderful, uh, and she's got such an interesting horoscope, uh, fascinating horoscope. I'm going to look at all the piles of paper on my desk and maybe pull her up for one I mean, sec. Are you but, even going to argue or comment on what I just said? What am I going to argue? No, I, I, I based the thing. No, what I was going to go back to is say that I was thinking in terms of how astrology, the Saturn Neptune, because we've talked about this. You know, we we're, we're going. Oh wow, Saturn and Neptune are going to be at the end of Pisces. And you know, when we started our podcast a year and a half ago, Saturn and Neptune were in, they could not see each other. The technical term was they were in aversion. They couldn't really see what, you know, and Saturn is the principle of reality. Neptune is the principle of dissolving whatever it touches. And neither of them could see what the other hand was like. One hand couldn't see what the other hand is doing. And and we were talking about, well, what could happen when Saturn and Neptune meet up in air first, first at the very end of Pisces, the last sign, like it was going to feel like the end of the world, total dissolving of everything, feeling like the very end of, and it is going to be the end of a world for sure. But astrology and the ensouled universe is cyclical. So we have to remember that it's going to restart. The moon will, you know, the moon will be new again, the sun will rise. And Saturn and Aries will move, Saturn and Neptune will both move into Aries, which is the self. I am. That is the Aries principle. But how, what is it going to be to be I am when Saturn is reality and Neptune is dissolving anything? And, and I just thought it was so fascinating to see, because we've been talking about AI, we've been talking about how how, you know, it's going to be like walking into a fun house with a wall of mir- mirrors, given planetary patterns that kicked in last year. Pluto and Aquarius is supercharging this, uh, this, so what we've been talking about, this great mutation of everything is networked. Everything is technology. Pluto is empowering it. Resistance is futile. Where is it going? Well, two years, part of it, part of it is the self. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Who yeah. am I? If 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 who I am can be appropriated and owned and consumed and harvested, and how do I define myself? This is going to be a real thing, for better or worse. And we're seeing what the and and we're seeing this in, in the issues that are being raised by by the uh, writers and actors strike and what they're fighting for. They're fighting to reclaim and hang on to their identity. Well, and also to get paid fairly. Well, to get paid fairly, but they're also saying, no, you can't take my face and put it on a on a pineapple if you hired me to be a banana. No, you can't do that. Right. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I don't think that this is, first of all, just in timing, I don't think that this is going to end anytime soon while Venus is in shadow about to go retrograde. And then yeah. I don't oh, yeah. I don't see an end to this until October. You know, I meant, yeah, yeah, I I don't see an end anytime soon. 
I don't see an end anytime soon. I meant to go back and look at the time that the actors that SAG after declared their strike. I think it was noon on Bastille Day. How appropriate. Um, but I didn't look at the chart, so I can't get an assessment. So I, I, I but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, may, it may be like, you know, it's, it's like trying to put your, it's like, how do you stop a wave? I, I don't know how you do it, but I will say one thing. If they don't, if they don't lock this down now, the horses will be out of the barn because there'll be precedent and the, and the, the, the people who are able to own inappropriate images are just going to go, look, we've been doing this. What are you talking about? What do you mean? We have to put this back in the bottle. We can't do that. Yeah. So it's very know. interesting. AI, AI, AI. Anyway, I thought that was, it was just very interesting. And I miss my Stephen Colbert. I miss his jokes and I, you know, I miss some of the, and, and it, it, this is affecting so many people, people who work as extras, people who are teamsters, people who are everybody who works, you know, there's supposed to be filming now for the fall season and nobody is filming television shows or movies. That constant cultural commentary, uh, we don't have that. We do not have that right now. This week, the planetary patterns that are driving the news, we have this new moon in Cancer, which is all about taking a stand, taking a stand. We have Mars, the energy of action, seeking a perfect execution plan in Virgo, opposing Saturn. This is usually a militant, disciplined energy. It gets stuff done. Hard knocks. Love it or leave it. We don't care. We're getting it done. Sun is most, uh, is making its annual opposition to Pluto this week. The sun involves leaders, energy and resources, heads of state, heads of business, opposing Pluto, energy, power, power plays. All of that happening on a sun-Neptune trine. So this is so interesting. We've got these, these you know, iron-fisted power-playing patterns against a backdrop of this kind of soft rose-colored sun harmony with Neptune, mm. kind of fuzzing things over a bit. Mm -hmm. As Venus, which refers to who, what, and how we need to love, slows to a virtual standstill, demanding our focus, which is why we get articles in The Guardian about, oh, look at all these beauty remedies that Elizabethan women used. They actually worked. Wow, herbs are wonderful. Okay, that's a review of a beauty treatment. Venus's beauty, art, money, social expression. At the almost very end of Leo, needs to have a good time, needs to be loved. Venus is going retrograde. So we're setting ourselves up for a review of all that stuff. So that's the backdrop of all the stuff that's going on this this week. And it's just-, just Well, let's to, move on because- um, Let's move I on. Okay, I don't know what my point we, is. All right, so, okay, so let's just talk about- Okay, so here's what we're going to talk about. We have, against all of that backdrop, we have two movies opening this week, which is so ironic now that, you know, Hollywood is on strike. They're not working. But this week is like one of the biggest- blockbuster weeks like when i was a kid and like star wars were, was coming out you know a big blockbuster tentpole movie that everybody's going to get tickets to we've got two of them opening okay, on calm friday down i'm excited <laughs> about them 
I am not going to go grab tickets to go see Barbie. So just I'm going to go see. But but I but see, here's the thing, whether you're going to do it or not. This movie has been all over the place. And the thing that was so cool is that obviously there's no way. Sorry, there's no way Barbie and Star Wars can be uttered in the same breath. They can't. No, they cannot. But but they cannot be uttered in the same breath but it's been such a long time because of covid because of all the lockdowns it's to me this feels like uh, you know, the revival of uh, when hollywood had something you would wait all summer you're all excited and it's only going to be in theaters so everybody's going to go to the movies and eat popcorn and raisinets and get sick but they're going to watch and it's going to be exciting and talk about it at the water cooler the next day Okay, or, or if you say so. But all right, if so I what are these so. two movies? It's so Barbie. these two movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Okay, tell us about Opening them. on the same day with these same militant, disciplined, patriarchal power, you know, changing the world with the sun, Neptune. You know, they had this idea, but it was kind of rosy. I mean, in Barbie, everything is pink. With Venus in Leo, Venus turning retrograde in Leo, our value system. Okay, obviously, so, the, so obviously you... they have to be the same movie. And okay, this is my the astrologic. Obviously, they have to be they have to be expressing similar themes because they're both opening on the same day, which is why I was so delighted to see an op-ed in the Washington Post today saying, "Hey, you know what? <laughs> These are the same movies." And let me tell you why: because both of the subject matters, both of the topics, both topics. Barbie. Okay, it sounds like a little fluffy thing. It sounds like, oh, Barbie, yeah, she was born, she's a double Pisces. She was born in the moon and she was, the sun was in Pisces in 1959 and the moon was in she's Pisces. A she's doll. She's, okay, wait, 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 wait. Slow down, slow down. Slow down. Okay. Let's explain why we have a movie about Barbie in the first place. It's not like Barbie, a character, a real person. We are actually talking about a movie about Barbie. Mm-hmm. Barbie. Barbie. Okay. You need to set this up because I also have no idea. I'm assuming the listeners don't, but what in the hell Barbie and Oppenheimer, which is a movie about the mastermind behind the Manhattan project, i.e. Mm-hmm. the atomic mm-hmm. bomb. Mm-hmm. What do Barbie and the atomic bomb have in common? Please tell us. They are both symbolize things that represent the potential doom and destruction of the world. Okay. Okay. Now, Barbie? I'm, I'm uh, Barbie plastic. <laughs> well, now see, this is really oblique, and it took us a long time to get here. But if you're talking Neptune, about Neptune, plastic- sun is trying Neptune, the age of nukes and plastics. Okay, Barbie seems like this. You know, who cares? It's a it's a doll. It's a doll that was based on a sex toy. That what's her face? Nan, what is her name? The woman who invented Barbie. I have her on a. On a piece of paper, I'm blanking on her name. The president of Mattel, the the president of Mattel, who was in Germany, and she saw this doll, and she said, "Oh, that's so great! I could get it for my granddaughter, Barbie Ruth Handler." That was the president of Mattel, and so she brought this thing, this doll that was a grown-up doll. It wasn't like a baby doll; it was a grown woman, and she figured out that little girls like to play with pretend women they like to imagine they like to envision themselves playing the role of grown-ups with grown-up bodies and so she presented this doll on march 9th 1959 at a toy fair here in um 
in New York. 10 o'clock a.m. is the time that I'm using. Mars is rising on a Gemini ascendant. This woman is, you know, she's a go-getter and as diverse as they come. Barbie, the space astronaut, Barbie, the teacher, Barbie, the nurse, Barbie does everything. Barbie is, can do anything in the world. And she's accommodating double Pisces, moon in Pisces, sun in Pisces. She's hmm. identifying with ideals every moment that she's, that she's running around here. And if you look at the horoscope for Barbie, if you, if you move it forward, it's very interesting. Um, the timing of this movie with the introduction of Barbie to the world we see supercharged patterns as to why she is bursting onto the scene. This genie jumping out of the bottle. I've been amazed at the publicity campaign for this movie. I feel like this movie opened two months ago because I've seen so much press about it because I happen to read the papers because I have to. I, I thought this thing opened two months ago, but no, oh, and oh, there's oh, still what, a buzz. Okay, so, so obviously there's going to be some kind of plot, but what does... The, the plot is not going to be and she's plastic so how i'm still trying to figure out astrologically why these two things opening on the same day venus retrograde at the point where it's conjunct the fixed star regulus what do they have to do with each other and what are we going to predict is going to happen as a result of this particular astrological configuration i think it's going to i think it's going to spark well oppenheimer which is an obvious you know this is a the seeds of our destruction Barbie is a little, Barbie is, look, seems all beautiful and wonderful because everything is pink and plastic and it's dreamy. Yeah, that is an interesting um, chart that you put together. That is really interesting. The double Pisces and she can be anything. Yeah. She can be anything, anything. Which, and little girls love sex, If she's based on a sex toy. That's sex doll. Also, yeah. yeah I mean, German also, sex doll. It's really interesting too. I mean, there's just fantasy all the way through this. It's fantasy all the way through. And, and you know, so this movie is going to be interesting because everybody is raving about Ryan Gosling and how he's playing Ken, who, you know, because Barbie is a female-driven world. You know, Ken is there. What does he do? He goes to the beach, okay? That's what he does. What, what, what do little girls do with Ken anyway? Like It's Barbie. <laughs> it's Barbie world. It's whatever Barbie wants. Well, it's her pink car. Taken as Ken has to ride in a pink car if he's going to hang with Barbie. That's that's the way it is, right? Oh my God! Please answer my question, though. What's your question? Well, Barbie coming in in 1959 with this dream, all this stuff challenged all of these roles in society. Like, did you have Barbies when you were a little girl? Were you allowed Was to it? play with them? Was I allowed to play with them? Yeah, I didn't, grow, I didn't grow up and yeah, I'm not gonna. Yes, I, I had. Did you have a Barbie doll? I had a Barbie doll. I had the bar. I was not allowed to have a Barbie doll. But, why, but see, but you have them. I was why, not allowed to have them. Why? Were I, my mother would not let me have a Barbie doll. Well, it didn't make any sense to me at five years old. I'm like, why can't I have a Barbie? All my friends have Barbies. I'm the biggest jerk in the world because I don't have what everybody else has. Why can't I have a Barbie doll? I couldn't have a Barbie doll. I didn't understand it. My mother couldn't explain it to me because my mother did not like the fact that Barbie was like a 38 double D or whatever the deal was with her impossible proportions. And she bought into this idea that it would give uh, little girls a warped sense of self to, to play with a Barbie that was an impossible thing to grow into, in her opinion. And so I was not allowed to have a Barbie. 
once eventually my grandmother got me a skipper doll but who cares about malibu skipper she's flat as a pancake she wasn't a, she wasn't a grown-up she wasn't a grown woman I and that's malibu what little skipper. girls like to play with i had malibu skipper i liked you had malibu, malibu i had malibu skipper <laughs> okay but it was a controversial thing and this is just me back in this in the you know in the stone age um not being allowed to have this toy it was controversial barbie is a controversial figure and the fact that she's plastic is you know and all about consumerism which is just drowning our which is the death of us plastic is everywhere and everything but, barbie is is plastic okay, so that's so part of it and and now we have this nuclear thing and and i sent you the chart for oppenheimer and the chart for the first nuclear test in the middle of the new mexican desert which has a 29 pisces midheaven which is very interesting because that's where saturn and neptune are going to meet up in a couple of uh, you know within 2024 it's 2025 it's also the very last degree of the, the very last degree and you know so i'm thinking it what always has that the, end of the world that feeling. end of the world thing i know so so we're so we have barbie which is plastic all the stuff it brings up about what is a woman how threatening is this to men people argue about it and Oppenheimer, we've created this thing that could blow us all off the planet. But anyway, so so these two movies are both uh, are about are 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 about the potential for total annihilation of humanity. Plastic is killing us and killing everything in the ocean. Yeah, there was and an it's article based on and oil. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's oil. Yeah. That's what plastic is made of, fossil fuels. So it's very interesting. So how does it think? Well, it's interesting to have these 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 movies come out on these powerful patterns, especially as Venus is about to go retrograde, giving us an opportunity to really rethink our values. Um we have to wrap this up. And we're I know. to try. We're gonna I mean, say we're one we're gonna say one thing about Donald Trump because we made a prediction and it came true. So let me say it. We told everybody that we need to keep an eye out on July 15th. We were talking, this is a year ago. A year ago. We were like, you know, July 15th, things are gonna be tight for this guy. Okay, today is the 19th. In the last four days, what do we have? I'm just gonna read it. On Monday, he's announced that he received a target letter, presumably on Sunday from Jack Smith, who is investigating the January 6th insurrection. Last week, he lost his bid to remove Fannie Willis in Georgia, who's in investigating the, the, uh, the, the perfect phone call he made to, um, what's his face, Brad Raffensperger, just saying, I need 13,000, however many votes it was. If you could just dig those up, that would be so great. Just give me Georgia. Well, he lost his bid to stop her. Yesterday, the first batch of fake electors, members of the Republican Party who got together, this happened in Michigan, they're the first state to prosecute the members of the Republican Party who got together in the basement of the Republican Party headquarters and all signed papers attesting that they were the true electors of Michigan, when in fact they were not, and they knew they were not. Okay, and then the other thing was there was an actual journalism story in the New York Times outlining not just what Donald Trump is planning to do, but all of the people who support him, what their game plan is, should they prevail in 2025. 
So this was a really important journalistic story because it wasn't about who's going to win, who will win, who will win. It was about these are the consequences if so-and-so wins. Now, the planetary pattern, okay, there is a planetary pattern. It's a solar arc between Pluto and Saturn. That was exact on, on July 15th. And so we would anticipate that he would be having a tough time. And I'm, um, it's really amazing that, yeah, this is in fact what's going on. And people are talking about it. They're saying, wow, he's had a lot of big stuff happen this week. And Tommy Tuberville is going to go through the same pattern in 2026 and 2027 and 2028, transiting Pluto in hard aspect to Saturn and solar arc Pluto in hard aspect with Saturn. The energy of extremes and potential empowerment imposed upon the need for control and authoritarian advance. Okay, so, but won't he end up flat on his face? <laughs> Who? Tuberville. Well, you know, it's it's going to be interesting because I looked ahead in his horoscope because right now, you know, I said last week for our patron subscribers, we told Tuberville has put a hold on hundreds of military promotions. The U.S. Marine Corps doesn't have a Senate confirmed leader for the first time in its history. And the rationale that Tuberville is giving for this is that he doesn't like the fact that the U.S. military is you know, paying for helping pregnant people who need abortions for whatever reason or whatever their healthcare thing, helping them go to a blue state where they can get, take care of their medical needs if they happen to be stationed on a base in a red state where those rights have been restricted or banned. But I look at somebody like Tommy Tuberville, who was the senator that Donald Trump called on January 6th. He called, you know, there's a reason. This, they had a dialogue. They were talking. And I wonder, I don't know this. I don't know this. But I wonder if part of the strategy here, because they're never going to get, they're not going to back down on that. I don't believe that this administration is going to back down on this policy. So what that does is it holds up all of these appointments potentially until the next administration comes in. And if it's an administration that Tommy Tuberville happens to like, then that administration can go fill all these posts. And the thing that, one of the things it has been said, you know, yeah, okay, Mike Pence wouldn't play ball. Mike Pence wouldn't go along with it. But one of the reasons why, a big reason why, Trump did not prevail in his bid to, to hang on to power is because he didn't have the support of the military. Well, that's interesting. Um, we had better talk about Venus retrograde. Venus retrograde. Okay. So, all right. So we already said Venus, the energy of who, what, and how we need to love. Venus and Leo. Leo adores, loves, needs, luxury, fun. Have a great time. Feel like a queen needs to be loved. The energy of Venus, Venus is going retrograde, so it's turning in. So everyone is advised, the coping strategy for Venus retrograde is that if you're looking for a sense of fun and you're looking for beauty and you're looking for all of these things, you should be looking inward as opposed to reaching outward and expecting that somebody's gonna tell you you're the most gorgeous thing on the planet. You would be better served during this time of Venus retrograde 
to really connect with, with the things that bring you joy, the things that make you have a great time, feel loved, just because you like them. Don't worry about what if anybody else is going to approve and compliment you. You may, while Venus is retrograde, come across past loves, past creative projects that look like maybe you should resurrect that and give it another go. It's a good time to um, review your finances. And then when Venus moves forward, then maybe you can you, you know take stock of take stock of your, uh, you know, do, do I really enjoy this? That's the standard with Venus and Leo. Do I, am I really having fun here? It's not a good time. Traditionally, it's not a good time for cosmetic surgery. It's not a good time for choosing fabric swatches because our sense of aesthetics and values is under review. There is a yeah, higher than- I, hmm? I always I always tell clients, don't get a tattoo. Right. But, you know, yeah, but I also feel like, you can't just be so hard and fast about don't, don't, don't actually. These um, are guidelines well, and no, these are conventional wisdom. Okay. But here's what I'm thinking. If it's a retrograde and it's about beauty and it's kind of like a re a redo, it is a good time to play and like, Oh, you know, I don't know about the fabric swatches thing. To me, that sounds like a good time. Cause you could go grab a bunch of fabric swatches and say, eh, Oh, this is something I would never do. And then you might expand your horizons. I just would say, don't do anything permanently. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Permanently, yeah. permanently. But playing around that's just don't get yourself stuck. Right. So yes, get your fabric swatches and play around, but I wouldn't order them necessarily. Right. During a Venus retrograde, because there's a chance that once Venus goes back over the, it, it, for the third pass over what it's already covered, you may find that your values have changed. They have been updated. Yeah, and that, that's actually where I was thinking about this. Um, since it's, it's always connected to the previous. So that would have been 2015. We no, would have, 2015 Venus was retrograde in Leo. Yes. Right. And, and so I was just thinking about, um, you know, a review of values. How have you changed? What was going on then? What is the kind of final chapter of whatever was going on then? Because for me, I mean, this is happening in my first house. I'm not going to get a tattoo. I'm not going to do anything. I mean, I just wouldn't do that anyway. That's not my style. I don't like I find something and then I stick with it generally. Mm. So I'm not worried about taking my own advice and, you know, don't blah, 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 don't do that. I've been thinking about how it's an opportunity to really see how, I've, how far I've come. What have I put to rest? I mean, in a way it's, it's like a new year's Eve type of thing, you know, where you mm. kind of get an opportunity for some perspective, especially because it's in my first house. So it's my mm -hmm. psychology and it's my, um, my, how I look and, you know, Leo's are vain. I was listening to some of the astrologers say that the other day and I was like, um, yeah, they are no, proud. Well, I'm very, I, okay. So here's a perfect example of this. I mm. am vain and I have always been vain and not been willing to admit it. But in the, in the last Venus retrograde in Leo, I was like, I have to just I have to own this. I really am vain. I am very committed to having fabulous hair mm -hmm. and I am paranoid if I am not put together in a certain way. Like I had a thing. I really, and now <laughs> I don't have time for vanity, but I'm getting older and I'm not really crazy about not 
looking the way I used to. So it's an opportunity and I am doing this. I really am doing this to say, oh, you know what though? I can love myself regardless. And I'm, I'm maturing, you know? So this is Uh this eight year cycle. I'm maturing physically, but I'm also just like, and I just don't value being perfect. I don't, and I don't have to look a certain way. And like, truthfully, because I work outside so many hours of the week now, I'm so happy if I wash my hair and it's really clean. (laughs) Most of the time, my Leo fabulous hair isn't a braid with a hat on it. And that's okay. So for me, it's, you're talking about it being very internal. It's also profound. So it's not just about having fun. It's like, what can I value in, in the ways that bring me joy, not just fun, but what about me allows me to, to really experience joy? Yeah. Fun, play, shine, 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 shine. So anyway, um, the, the, the the challenge with Venus in, in retrograde, okay, this is the challenge. Everybody needs to be mindful of this because you cannot expect everybody to tell you how fabulous you are because they're all too busy looking at their own navel. That's what they're supposed to be doing. We tend to, there is a greater than average possibility of forgetting to say things like please and thank you, which are outward forms of maintaining sweetness in relationship. Venus rules sugar. And so people can get snippy. And Venus is in Leo, so they can get snippy and melodramatic. And so you are advised to be mindful of this so you don't get carried away by it. So you see it, you go, ah, I see the sales clerk bit my head off. And you don't fight back because you know what it is. And you don't break up with your spouse. And you don't, you know, rush into a marriage either when Venus is retrograde. Those are conventional conventional aphorisms there are some some exceptions apply okay but generally speaking those are the astrological guidelines okay okay so thank you elizabeth and i just want folks to feel free to leave comments about anything that we talked about you can do that in the comment section of uh substack which is where we initially published this but please do so on the podcast app wherever it is that you're listening. Um, We love all our comments. We do try to read them all and respond. That does it for episode 44. I'm Whitney McKnight, publisher of news from the Unsold Universe. I also publish a a newsletter called Documental, Mapping the American States of Mind, and both are on Substack. So all you have to do is just search Substack. You can use my name. That's Whitney McKnight with a K in it. Uh, or you can look for the Insole Universe or Documental. I'm also the producer of this podcast, and Elizabeth Grace writes a weekly forecast tracking what she calls the astonishing synchronicities between planetary patterns and news headlines. And it is what this podcast it is what this podcast is based on. She has been doing that for 15 years now, and you can find her work at elizabethgrace.com. Elizabeth has an S, not a Z in her name. So until next time, please keep hope in your heart and get out there and look up at those amazing Look up stars. at Venus and Mars. Look up. Okay, everybody. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.